Welcome to another edition of Practitioner Radio, Pink Elephant's podcast for the IT management community. Good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. This is George Paulding, Executive Vice President, Pink Elephant, bringing you Practitioner Radio number 63. With me today is the incomparable Troy Dumoulin. Troy, take a moment and introduce yourself. Hello, George. I'm the uh, Vice President of Research, Innovation, and Product Management here at Pink Elephant. Quite a mouthful, but it depends on which day and what hat I'm wearing. And uh, it's my honor to actually be doing Practitioner Radio with you. Well, thanks, Troy. Now the Mutual Admiration Society is <laughs> over, so let's see. We've got, uh, what are we going to talk about? Uh, recently, Troy, I took the Lean IT Certification course, the Lean IT Foundation course, and I'm happy to say that I passed the exam at the end. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, I didn't even cheat, which was great. And uh, one of the key elements about Lean IT that I found interesting was the, the visual management element. In other words, for people like me who aren't very smart, I can take a quick look at either a single sheet of paper or a single whiteboard and see what's going on, see what I have to do, see what's happening, see what others are doing. It was very cool. So my understanding, Troy, is that's what you want to talk about today. Yeah, so because like you, I'm a very visual learner, and uh, I have to see it to remember it's there. This is why my my fridge is full of uh, sticky notes, and uh, I have sticky notes all over my office as well. But this is a key premise of Lean, that most efficient way to look at things is to look at it in picture form and then to talk about it. Because, you know, ever since we've been back in the caveman days, we've been drawing things right on the walls, talking about uh, hunting strategies and how we're going to take down mammoths. I still do it. You do Not that. hunting, but I still do okay, it. Okay, I was going to say, how's the mammoth strategy going for you there, George? Exactly. But the reality is actually, even in our industry, uh, there's been studies done around types of learners. And of course, there's the, the learning models that people probably are familiar with. There's the, the visual that we're talking about learner. There's the auditory learner. There's the kinesthetic hands-on. And various individuals have an inclination towards one or the other. But generally, studies in the IT industry, we tend to move more towards the, the visual and or the kinesthetic, the hands-on side, which makes this lean visual management thing we're about to talk about really important for us. Well, and that's also just the general population. The vast majority of people are visual learners. You can tell this when you force them to think. You can see which way their eyes go. If their eyes look up then they're a visual learner. So when you ask them something they know without even thinking, like their name or their phone number or something like that, then they they just whip it right out. But if you force them to, to actually try and remember something that is an instant recall, then you can find out pretty quickly whether, if they're visual or not. And something like, uh, you know, what's your, what's your wife's social security number or something like that? And they go, oh, my God, or where did you live before? before you lived right now, that kind of thing. And their eyes go up looking for a picture. Something visual. So that's what we're going to talk about today. 
a core element of Lean and Lean IT specifically is the use of various visual boards in reference to collaborating as a team. There are a number of them. We can, we can talk about each of them. But this is also used heavily in the agile and development space where day boards are a key aspect where everyone gets around a, a common whiteboard or day board on the start of every morning to talk about the day's activities. Those are fed by team boards, looking at the overall objectives for the week and key performance indicators progression. Both of these boards would feed what we'll call an improvement board, which is, okay, what are the big things we've got to solve and we've got to take offline? Well, by meaning that, put it on the improvement board. And then there are kind of more task or project-oriented type boards called Kanban boards. I just you know, spilled off a number of different lean terms here. We can talk about each one and how they're used. But... All of these things are key elements of a, a specific aspect of Lean, which is called visual management. I'm struck by the irony that we're doing an audio session about visual management. <laughs> um, so what I'm, I'm hoping is that you're going to you're going to post some of these boards that you're talking about with the show notes, so that people can actually see some of this. Uh, that would be probably useful. Yes, I promise I'll do that. Okay, please go on. All right. So let's start with what some people probably are most familiar with. You probably have seen a day board. I think it's a fair thing to say that every day priorities change. You wake up one day and what you plan to work on that day is not going to happen. Would you agree? Almost every day, right? <laughs> Almost every day. And the other probable is that you probably forgot what you were planning to do yesterday. So this is where the day board comes in. So picture a day board. I'll describe it, but of course I'll put an example on. Let's say the team that's working on a number of either independent or dependent tasks, gets together every day, every morning, around a whiteboard. And on this whiteboard, picture the rows are going to be the names of the team members. The columns on this are going to be the days, so Monday through Friday. We'll assume we're not working the weekends, so that I know that's not a safe assumption. On each of the columns, Monday being today, I have a couple of sticky notes. Okay, so I get two to three minutes to say, okay, George... Today I plan to work on project A and I've got report two and three to complete. That's my that's my statement. Now you're about to say, okay, well, Troy, I'm working on project B and whatever you're planning to tell me, but you were waiting for me to finish something that you thought I was going to work on today, but you didn't hear me say it. And you're going to say, wait a minute, Troy, a part of my critical work process today was that you promised me to get me this last week, and you said today was the day you'd deliver it, but you didn't make any comment about that. Oh, you're right, George. You forgot. I completely forgot, or I'm sorry, George, I forgot to tell you. So today is different than yesterday. Priorities change every day. It's incredibly important we spend a few minutes each morning identifying for each of us what each other's priorities are, because we could have been waiting on something from each other. Have you ever had that happen? I mean, this this sounds to me like it's especially crucial when we're talking about teams, which I think would be most of the time uh, that people are working on similar priorities or or teams are working toward a specific project goal, uh, that the team members are interdependent. They have to figure out what everybody else is doing, or there's a, there's a, I can't do this without you doing that, or I can't do this unless somebody outside the team does, like, you know, the boss uh, moves an obstacle out of the way. Those kinds of things become essential. So that's another good example of what a day board helps as well. So I come to you, you're my boss, and I'm going to say, 
uh, George, I need to do this project. I have to develop this code. I have to manage this change, but I can't because Jim down the way basically won't give me what I need. Or I'm missing a key data point that only someone else not in the room can get me, and you have the, the point of contact with that person. So the day board is about bringing up barriers to productivity. You just mentioned you know, a constraint. It's the role of the team manager or the manager uh, responsible for this team that's working around the day start, day board meeting to say, okay, here's what I'm going to do to enable you to be productive and effective today. But you wouldn't know that unless we had this conversation. Or maybe you don't have all the answers. I'm sure you don't. Someone who hears this conversation says, well, actually, I have a buddy down in purchasing. <laughs> I can get that for you. So we, we collectively figure out how we're going to get that constraint removed. It's always Jim, though. It's really. always Jim. Jim. Jim's the problem. Uh, speaking of problems, we might identify a problem we have to kind of elevate. We can't solve it in this you know, next 24 hours. And so there's another board that will come into you know, bearing, which is called an improvement board. We shift them, some things off into a longer-term view. But there's, there's one more element of this as well. Let's say you're the manager and um, the team all comes to the meeting based on the last instructions given, and they all have their own plans. Now, the reality is that most managers don't get to spend a lot of face time with their, their staff. In fact, the statistics show that managers spend less than 10% of their time having face time with their employees. So the chances are that the last instructions given that I'm currently working under in a non-lean environment would be a week to two weeks old. Would you agree? And out of date. And out of date. Yeah. Now, George, yesterday you were part of a management meeting where the world changed, the, the competitive information changed all the priorities. And how would be the you know how would you get that set of new directives to the team? You show up at the day board meeting and say, okay, everything you plan to work on, guys, out the window. Time to shift plates and basically focus on new priorities. Give me that eraser and give me all those post-it notes. We're starting from scratch. All right, and so they all go away and they basically come up with their okay. Here's how we're going to align to today's priorities, which are different than yesterday's. And I can't do that one by one. It's not very effective and and if I do it one by one, the telephone game, you know, starts. Everyone has to hear a different message and doesn't have the opportunity to clarify it among themselves. So the issue is we're really struggling with productivity because of lack of communication. The day board is a critical element to that. Well, it makes total sense. And I mean, I, now, so you brought up a, a key uh, element of this. So if, if today's managers spend, you know, as little as 10% of their time with face-to-face -face, uh, with the people who report to them, then let's take that and move it into the remote world. So now suddenly I, I manage a team, but the team is not where I am. I manage a remote team of multiple people. So I'm assuming, therefore, that this, the day board meeting, uh, becomes a, a, a virtual meeting as well, right? In fact, um, most organizations are having to move to virtual visual management tools. And there are good products out there. I'll mention one because there's a free version of it. Check out leankit.com or org. I can't remember which one it is. And you'll see an example of exactly that, a virtual day board also Kanban board. So basically virtual post-it notes, if you will. Yeah, exactly right. Virtual whiteboard with virtual post-it notes that can be pulled and moved and all that stuff. I can give you a great example, actually. 
So let's let's talk about a Kanban board. It's not a restaurant, right? <laughs> it's not like a type of restaurant. Well, you can actually use a restaurant analogy to explain a Kanban board uh, and a pull system. So let me paint this picture. Imagine a a timeline for getting a project done. Or even at the most simple level, a Kanban board is a progression of stuff currently being worked on. On my whiteboard, you spoke about whiteboards today, I have a simple Kanban. There's the stuff I plan to work on, there's the stuff I'm currently working on, and there's the stuff that I'm done with. It's complete. There's project stuff, and so that's one line of my Kanban board. I've actually got different colored sticky notes, literally, uh, for either education or online or consulting type activities. Uh, And then there's the management duties that I do. So there's a couple of different lanes, if you will, of these sticky notes. Now, a key premise of Lean is that you really can't pull into a given step until that step has capacity. Because what happens if... If I shove too much into a given step of activity and I overload the resource, what typically happens to the productivity of that resource? It goes down. Exactly. It goes down across the board. Across the board. I mean, everything. Yeah. yeah. In fact, this is the key premise of Lean. Lean is never about maximizing capacity or maximizing resource because whenever you maximize any resource, whether it's machine or human, that machine begins to break down, that human begins to be stressed out, productivity levels go through uh, the floor. So in premise, you really have to think about what are the work in progress, the stuff that I'm currently working on. It's called whip limit for a given activity. And it's a little bit more challenging to figure out when you're working with humans because, you know, how much can you hold? But the reality is I really can't do everything at once. And I have to basically say, okay, here's what I'm doing. And I won't pull into my current step of working on until I've got something moving off the other side. That allows me to to understand at any given moment visually what are all the sticky notes, literally the plates I'm spinning to keep them all from falling. But I also use this Kanban concept when I'm managing my team. For example, my team is distributed virtually, literally across the U.S. and Canada. Uh, And I ask them each to have a Kanban board. Okay, stuff you're... You've got still in queue, stuff you're working on, stuff you're done. Because one of the premises we talk about in Lean is called uh, performance dialogue. We call them one-on-ones here, where I want to talk to them about, okay, what are you doing? Uh, What have you done and what have you not yet done? Well, the Kanban board is a visual tool that we use in our management conversation. And so they know what I'm working on by simply walking by my office, and they know what I haven't started, and, and vice versa, right? And in the case of a virtual, I'm looking at their screen, we're sharing screens using Skype or some kind of collaboration tool. Again, it's all about visualizing things. And so let's get to the core of this. Do we basically believe that, I mean, what you're, what you're saying is, not, is nothing new. I mean, we've, we've had calendars and we've got, you know, Outlook and we've had uh, notes and notebooks and everything else since the beginning of time where all of these jobs were listed and things, you know, to-do lists and all of those things. So what do you think the big deal is about the visual element? Well, it's shared. Uh, so most of what you just mentioned was your own individual organization techniques. Unless you have a team calendar, which you could argue could take the place of a Kanban board, but even so, it's not more. It's more date-based versus task-based, right? Or or lifecycle-based versus the you know the progression of a project, you know, development, test, deploy, done, for example. So the key is collaboration. Lean is trying to minimize wasted effort, and wasted effort really happens between the cracks. Not you're working on something, I'm working on something. We're both being very productive. 
but are we working at cross purposes or are we supporting each other in dependencies? You won't get that in as respect to your own task list. You've got to have a shared tool that you're using. So the visual element is actually really, when you get right down to it, the ability to share and the the ability to share priorities and to so that everyone's working in the same direction, everyone's doing their piece of the pie and moving to, and moving much faster, and nobody's doing the wrong stuff or extra stuff or things that's going to be in the end uh, not used. I mean, a lot of people go off on tangents and things like that, and in the end, what they were doing, while it was interesting and certainly interesting to them, didn't get used and really didn't have any purpose. But I would also add the element of flow, understanding the progression of work. As work moves through a set of activities, we have to see where it is at any given moment. Whether I'm onboarding a new employee, uh, whether I'm going through a major project, and we're talking project phases, phases, excuse me, I need to be able to see the work element, the baton, if you will, move from one person to the next and understand where it is in the sequence of flow. Because we're trying to speed up flow, which is velocity, as well as ensure that each task is as efficient and effective as it can be. Okay, makes sense. Right. So it's it's moving from an individual worker to a team basis to a a flow principle, improving flow and removing waste. Well, and the 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 discussion of flow in the in the lean IT course that that I took and in lean IT in general actually expands way beyond what I thought it was going to. In other words, I knew we were going to be talking about push versus pull, like manufacturing. I knew we were going to be talking about just in time, which totally makes sense. But it was not just the the beginning of the process in terms of just-in-time where all the stuff that shows up roughly just-in-time so that there's not really any stockpiling so that you're, you know, it shows up and you use it almost immediately. But then it, it flows all the way out the other end in terms of the value chain. It keeps going in terms of if, if uh, basically we complete this process or this product or this service and it goes directly to customer. It doesn't get stockpiled as inventory as well. Yeah, because we're, we're watching this piece of work flow, but we're also watching inventory stockpiles. Actually, let's, let's explore this inventory premise a little bit more. So lean goes hand in hand with another model, which is called theory of constraints. And I'll link to another show where I actually talk about using theory of constraints, lean, and uh, Six Sigma to improve velocity and basically do CSI or continual improvement. But in the theory of constraints, it explores the concept of inventory as waste. It's already a lean premise that if we've got things we're not you know, selling and it's basically sitting on a shelf not returning revenue or being used somehow, it's potentially waste. But think of it this way. Here's a theory of constraints concept. So everything is the basis of a process, right? whether I'm building a car, whether I'm, in, I'm resolving an incident or I'm authorizing and executing a change, or whether I'm picking the kids up from school, uh, whether I'm getting the dirty dishes from my sink into the dishwasher onto my shelf, there is raw inventory. It's materials to build the car, dirty dishes in the sink, uh, kids that, need, you know, that are still in bed to have to get to school. I have stuff in progress. That's all of the uh, inventory currently being transformed into something nice and good we want to achieve, like the car and or the incidents currently in queue trying to be resolved and services restored. And then I've got all this stuff post-process inventory, which is literally I've purchased too many 
laptops that they're sitting there with no one to basically use them. I have incidents which I have recovered, but I haven't verified with the user that their service has been restored. Right, so I've got inventory pre, mid, and post process, all of which is operating cost because the more invested revenue, time, energy I have stuck in inventory, I have a liability because now I'm having an issue of cash flow or capacity and resource flow because the more stuff I'm working on right now, the more stuff is vested in working on standing or in-process inventory. So the best way to improve value is to basically improve flow to minimize all those inventory types because it's only when the thing gets done and dusted and the car is sold and the incident resolved and the change executed, value is received. The more inventory in any stage, the more liability I have. I kind of went a bit technical there, but did you follow me there? follow you and I you know I recognize those exact things in my own life where I'll get some piece of a task done and I'll I won't carry it all the way to the end and I'll say well I'll get to the rest of that you know later well as you said the, the value isn't received until I complete the task all the way to the end I think we've all done that we some people do it differently you know more than others but um, in terms of procrastination I've started the task I've done some of the task I've acquired perhaps a tool or some piece of data necessary to accomplish the task, but I haven't done the task all the way to the end. So therefore, it's no value has been received. And you can add on top of that a premise called switching costs, which is also a lean concept. The more in-process tasks slash projects, things you're working on, you're trying to do at any given time, the how many plates are you spinning in the currently working on column of your Kanban board? Every time you switch from task to task, you're going to pay a cost in productivity called switching cost. It's estimated based on research that productivity decreases by factors of 10, 20, 30% the more switching costs you imply in your inventory practice. Because you're going to reduce your productivity because every time you pick up a new piece of paper, remember what you were working on, start writing that email again, or start coding that project, you have to remember for about 15 to 20% of the time you actually have available to do that task, what you were doing, where you were, and what you need to do next. Yeah, you have to catch up. Right. Even, even though you're catching up with yourself, right? You're catching up with what you were doing yesterday, but you're catching up with yourself. That's why you need whip limits, work in progress limits for any given task in a flow or your Kanban. And if you overburden that specific point in your flow, you actually start decrementally decreasing productivity. Decrementally? Is that a word? I just made one. (laughs) You decrement your productivity, put it that way. I understand. I understand completely. But I mean, because I've done it so many times. I'm an old guy. I do it all the time. You know, especially if you get interrupted. That happens a lot when you're in the office. You get interrupted and suddenly it's like you have, you know, something more critical has come up or you're trying to handle an incident. Right. And some more critical incident comes up. And then so suddenly your work in progress just stops and then you move on to this more critical task. And then you come back and you go, okay, now where was I? And you have to read some stuff to catch up. Then you go, oh, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, now let me work on that. And when you talk about coding, coding is like the worst 
job to get interrupted from because you're in the zone. You're have you know you're you're one with the machine, and suddenly you're interrupted and you're pulled out of that, and now you have to come back into that. You have to really takes a good deal of time for coders to get back into that zone. Yeah, but there's one problem with all this visual management when you're working with a team and trying to manage a team, and my my team has picked up on this pretty easy and pretty and pretty quickly. So I, I have this conversation with one or two of my team members. I say, okay, Beverly or Linda, can you take on this new task? We have to get this done by Monday. And they say, well, Troy, yeah, I, I can. And they show me their Kanban board. Which of these things am I currently working on? Do you want me to move back to the queue? Oh, God, don't you love it? To just slap you in the face with your Kanban board, didn't they? <laughs> they did. Yeah, sure, boss. I'll be happy to take on the new task, but my work-in-progress limit has already been reached. So which of these little Post-it notes would you like to move to the parking area? It happened to me today, George. <laughs> Perfect. And I can't argue the logic of the conversation. Gotcha, Troy. You can't argue. You have nothing to say. You basically have created your own monster. But it's... A monster that is that is actually a good thing, uh, and you know we can't expect magic to happen when there's limits in capacity, which is true of all resources. I have to teach I, now. I have to tell my manager how this works. <laughs> I can pull it for Fatima. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you better get, you better get her in the course so that you can pull the same thing upwards. I bet everybody listening to the podcast is wishing they had a Kanban board. Yeah. Yeah, I got a great idea. I'm going to do this Kanban board so I can tell my boss my work-in-progress limit has been reached. Of course, uh, we're advising you, don't do this at home. This could be dangerous. Don't try this yourselves. could be a career-limiting move when you slap people. Unless you've you've built the Kanban board together with your boss and you use it on a weekly one-on-one basis. Yes, then it sounds good. Yes, then that works pretty good. Okay, so Troy, we're nearing the end of our thirty minutes, which is amazing. Uh, so let's uh, so talk talk a little more. What other points do you want to make? What other wrap ups would you like to do? Okay, let's talk about the weak board and the improvement board. So there are three primary boards when we're talking about team collaboration. So there's the day board, which is the basis of the day start meeting, that fifteen minute meeting, stand up meeting everyone's having, but that. Day board uh, is actually fed by a week board. So this is, if you're following good practice, you have a team meeting. We have a team meeting every Tuesday at 1 o'clock on my team. And we look at the priorities as a team for a week to two weeks out. Okay, so here are the things we're working on. Here are the KPIs we're trying to hit. Here are the corporate objectives. Literally, we're doing that. We're trying to make progress against. And that board, this week board, is what's going to pretty much drive individual tasks for the rest of the week, the Wednesday through the next Monday which should be the basis for the day board sticky notes. So the week board drives the day board. The day board can be adjusted based on all the conversation we had up front on this podcast, but there's this kind of baseline where we start the week at. And then progress against that is fed back, of course, from the day-to-day board back to the week board. But now there's some things you simply can't handle within a 24-hour period. There's some things we'll call it, we'll take offline and figure out how to do. Rather than lose it, we're going to create the proverbial parking lot. Uh, but this isn't just in a parking lot that just disappears into thin air. Literally, there's this board, which is called a improvement board, where all the things are put in an input queue. 
And then each of the improvements can do, go through this concept of feasibility versus impact. How how likely is it we can do this and what would it really achieve if we did? And we prioritize all the possibilities that need to be improved for root cause and something else called a Kaizen, which is another podcast for another day, which is an improvement activity that Lean talks about. So this proverbial parking lot becomes an actually managed board where things go in and most things come out done at some point, but not everything. We look at that from a true analysis perspective. Okay, so that so in other words, it doesn't so things that can't get done today, um, or that have impediments and whatnot, have a place to go and not disappear into the black hole of I just couldn't get to that, so therefore it's done or it's gone and I never see it again or I wait for it to pop up like we didn't do something the client wanted and then we don't ever see them again and suddenly the client pops back up and says where's that thing you were going to do and you go oh right oh gosh yeah oh geez yes that kind of thing we have an improvement board we have a place to go for that you don't have plausible deniability (laughs) (laughs) you you have sticky notes on an improvement board okay Troy it's wrap up time we're at the end. Well, I'm going to use a quote from our, our friend Shakespeare. You know, he's a good friend of mine anyway. <laughs> the picture is the thing that captures the imagination of the king. Mm, nice. Do you happen to know which play that's from, Troy? I don't. Now, you'd impress me if you tell me. Ouch. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it's Hamlet or Macbeth, but the picture is the thing. Anyway, so in other words, a picture's worth a thousand words. Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, At least. Okay. Uh, Well, this has been great. I look forward to our next one, but uh, I think this is it. Uh, So, Troy, why don't you sign off, and I'll take us us home. Sayonara, everyone, until the next Practitioner Radio. And this is George Spaulding for Troy Dumoulin saying thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 